The Guardian. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, and 24-7 support. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code GUARDIAN to get 10% off. The Guardian Books Podcast with Claire Armistead. The season of goodwill reaches its climax. We take a satirical look at eight of the big books of the year with The Guardian's John Crace and try to digest what they reveal about the state we're in at the end of 2013. Today's digested read is Mad About the Boy, the third of Helen Fielding's Bridget Jones books, in which we discover Bridget, aged 51 years old, a recently widowed mother of two, can it really be true? Eighteenth of April, 2013. Years since last book, 15. Money in the bank, too much to count. 9.15am, funny buzzing in my pocket. Ignore it. 9.20am, knock on the door. It's Talitha saying she's been texting me. Look blank. Your phone, she says. So that's what the buzzing was! Not sure why I capitalised that. Must have a drink. 9.30am. Talitha says it's her 60th birthday on May the 24th. O-M-G. That's the same day as the Rockster's 30th. You can bring your toy boy if you like, she says. 9.45am. Agent phones to say my header gabbler screenplay has been green lit. 9.50am. Having second thoughts about misspelling Hedda Gabler. Editor says it will make me look like just the old Bridget. Hmm. I think it makes me look dim. 23rd of June 2012. Alcohol units drunk. Not enough. Pages to fill. Too many. 8.30am. Late getting Billy to school. Mabel has diarrhoea. Help! I do miss Mark. Shame he had to die, but couldn't have written another book if we'd been happy, smug oldlyweds. And going through a messy separation would have made Elizabeth Bennet very, very cross. Hope she approves of his hero's death. 9.30pm. Miranda comes round and says, It's time I stopped being boring and had a jolly good shag. Drink three bottles of wine. She finds Leather Jacket Man on slipyourlength.com. 11.30pm. Try to stick tongue down Leather Jacket Man's throat. Leather Jacket Man makes a run for it. Whoops! 7th of December 2012. Wait miraculously slim worries about the menopause none 9.47am letter from school Atticus and Hero have nits I'm really scared what are nits are they like AIDS or something 11.21am have discovered Twitter it's amazeballs 
Can't understand why no one laughs at at Jonesy BJ. Ah, accidentally twittered. I really fancy the rockster to everyone. Could die with embarrassment. The rockster twitters back and asks me on a date. 12.57pm. Disaster! Weird Mr Wallacher, who lives up the street, caught me buying condoms. Gave me a funny look. Especially when I asked which way they went on. 11.58pm. The rockster is a dream boat. Chiseled jaw six-pack. Mm. 14th of June 2013. Designer dresses bought. Eight. Style. Overwrought. 8.01 a.m. No text from the rockster. Panic. 8.02 a.m. Still no text from the rockster. Double panic. 8.03 a.m. Text from the rockster saying he's left his phone downstairs, which is why he hadn't texted earlier. Oh, phew. 10.35 a.m. Catch sight of myself in the mirror. Think... I'm 51, for fuck's sake. I'm too old to be writing like a hyperactive ingenue. Phone editor say, wouldn't it be more interesting to write something deeper and more reflective about grief and getting old? Feel I've rather more to say about that. Editor says no. Readers like you just the way you are. But if you want to say you miss Darcy, that's okay. 10.57am. I miss Darcy. Hmm, don't we all? 3rd of August 2013. Ferraris bought for the Rockster 3. Sense of reality, nearly all gone. 11.09am. Catastrophe! The nits are back. Worried they might have hopped onto the Rockster. 12.33pm. Have a near Brazilian. 2.22pm. A gnawing sense that the ongoing nit gag is falling flat. Face it, no one gives a toss about them. Editor says all the mums at her daughter's private school are obsessed with them. So nits stay. 3.51pm. Agent calls. Hedda Gabler screenplay not going to work. How about Madam Overy instead? Heart sinks. 5.33pm. Weird Mr. Wallacher gives me a funny look when I ask if he has any moisturiser I could use as my bush is very red after waxing. 9.38pm. Just had five F-I-V-E shags with the rockster. He could be the one. I heart you, Jonesy. He texts me while we are in bed. I'm beginning to wonder if this relationship is going anywhere. 17th of November 2013. Bottles of vintage Dom Perignon drunk. 23. Advance banked. 3.28pm. Guess what? Mr Wallacher isn't so weird as I thought. He's my age, single and a bit of a hero. Like Darcy. 3.29pm. Mr Wallacher has moved in. Ooh, that-
that John Craze, clearly not so much of a dreamboat as far as Bridget Jones is concerned. Well, with me to digest his digested read are Lisa Allardyce, editor of Guardian Review, and Guardian writer Rosie Swash. Lisa, this was hugely hotly anticipated. It's one of the hot books of the year, wasn't it, among us media folk. Then it got rather sniffy reviews. Has it lived up to the hype? Well, I think any book that's sort of decades after the previous one, it was going to cause a huge stir. And nothing more so than Bridget Jones, which is, of course, a phenomenon. I mean, Bridget is one of those things like Sherlock Holmes, or she is a character who now sort of exists in her own right outside of the novel. I mean, people who haven't read it know who Bridget Jones are. My dad probably knows who Bridget My dad does know who Bridget Jones is. But you're absolutely right. Despite the huge excitement, it was bound to crash to earth. The reviews have been what Bridget herself might describe as V-bad. The Telegraph, I think, said... Reading Mad About the Boy is like listening to someone who once had perfect pitch but now can't sing a note. And the Sunday Times sniffed, this brand seems to have lost its shine. Another said it was a pile-up of cliches. But despite this literary sniffery, in the first week it shifted a whopping 45,000, easily outstripping Stephen King's big, equally eagerly anticipated follow-up. And so, you know, there, there's something there. People, women, I think, largely, just love it or they love Bridget. It's become the biggest selling fiction hardback of the year, hasn't it? By a Absolutely. country mile. Rosie, how much do you think people are buying into the film? I mean, there will be a whole generation of women who won't remember when it was first published, won't they? Oh, yeah, and I think nostalgia gets you very far in these kind of things. And you've only got to look at the kind of films that are made off the back of trilogies to to know that if someone can just connect to a character, if someone else has already done the work for you, you've kind of got a guaranteed smash. But I think that what I felt when reading this, I mean, it's not of my generation, but I have read all the books, partly because when there's a phenomenon around, you just want to read it, you just want to know why everyone's talking about it. And the thing that I found with the with Bridget Jones in the third book, she's 51. It's her life. She's a mother in it. She's back in the dating scene. So it's a chance for the author to bring in contemporary themes like internet dating and being on social media and being on Twitter into the book, um, which is fine. I don't think that's a reason to write a book necessarily. But what I felt was I just wasn't sure who this book was really for because one of the things that struck me throughout it is we're talking about a 51-year-old woman who has two children and within the book has absolute financial security. She doesn't ever have to worry about money. She's got a nanny, she's got a huge house and she starts to get successful career in it as a screenwriter and yet the premise of the book is all about her self-esteem relying on getting a man and I think if you're a woman of that age and possibly you've come off the back of a divorce or you've never been married or any of those things or you're single you'd feel quite let down at the amount to which this woman just has her voice just hasn't changed but then maybe I'm missing the point maybe it just wouldn't be Bridget Jones if her voice hadn't changed. Lisa the big reveal was the death of Darcy wasn't it it's a sort of updating of Pride and Prejudice to some extent. Helen Fielding came to the Guardian Review book club and her explanation for having to kill off Mark Darcy was that 
she has to be single for the novel to work in terms of plot, for it to be a romantic comedy, girl has to find boy, or in this case, middle-aged lady has to find, I think she finds a toy boy, doesn't she? <laughs> Helen Fielding said that, you know, Mark Darcy would not cheat on her. He wouldn't run off with a younger woman. He would leave her well provided and for, because that him, is just... she would become she, unsympathetic. Exactly. So, so, so the, 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 the only thing to do is to kill him off in, in, <laughs> in, in noble circumstances in, in Darfur, and, and to leave her sort of amply provided for in the way that, you know, Darcy would. Yeah, true. Now, you mentioned um, a sort of little screenwriting mm. subplot, which I'm very interested in. Tell us a bit about where you think that comes from, Rosie. The subplot is that Bridget Jones is going to update an Ibsen play and, and bring it into the modern world. So therefore, sort of referencing her own uh, Pride and Prejudice roots in the novel. And it's quite nice. Through her connections... Bridget Jones sort of immediately gets representation and enters the the boardrooms of studios and publishing execs and it all starts flying. And it, and this creates lots of ways for her to be sort of socially awkward amongst successful people. But I think that it taps into probably what happened to Fielding in real life because for a while there was a script doing the rounds of a third film before there was a third book. The setup for it was Bridget was pregnant and she didn't know who the father was, Darcy or Daniel Cleaver. So, and this, and the entire film was who, whose will it be, and who will she choose, and who will choose her? In uh, Mad About the Boy, the writer really attacks the process of having your your creative vision taken away from you. And there's this whole scene in which she stumbles across emails where she's being described as not a screenwriter. And I just wonder whether that was part of the reason that she wrote the third book. She thought, get off my character, she she's mine. She did say, actually, that she didn't set out to write a Bridget book. She was struck by things that were making her laugh and realised that she that it was it was Bridget, that Bridget was back. And, I mean, people talk about the pressure of of follow-ups but that it must be so huge with a character is I mean something that came out of the book club was the extent to which in the blurring in people's minds between the fictional character and real life people really feel that mm. they know Bridget that you know people were upset that Bridget had got older as you say people were people were cross that she didn't have a job and um, Helen had to keep saying you know she's she's not real she's just a character I mean she says at one point that in defence of of Bridget as a sort of ambassador for womanhood, she's come under a lot of flags. She says, you know, she's not a secretary of state for women. She's she is Bridget. She is Dippy, and that that is what she's supposed to do. But there was a sort of gulf between the perception and the portrayal of single women in their thirties back in the nineties. In defence of the new book, she says she was trying to do that for the middle-aged women, that again, the 50-something the women, the gulf between what women feel like and reality is, is really outdated to the presentation of it. As somebody who's sort of closer to her age range, I actually was quite taken by it, of her suddenly in her 50s discovering all these technologies, because that's what my generation have done. You mm. were... You've been sort of brought, born and brought up to mm. it, haven't you? And, and that all I thought was very nice. And I think that, that I think it's it's great that she's kind of pulled in that there's just another way for people to feel socially anxious and the Twitter followers and stuff. And I thought it was all done done very well. And and moving le- less away from you know you still have the calories consumed bit at the beginning of the diary entries, but moving more towards focusing it on Twitter followers was quite a nice touch. I think the only thing that disappointed me, and obviously I can't speak from experience, but I think that. 
there could have been other ways to do it. She could have set out on a series of disastrous internet dates where she met people she'd never met before. And they could have been a disappointment to her. But the, the sort of underlying thing about Bridget is she always feels that she is the disappointing one. And she's always chasing someone and trying to be as attractive as she can to them. And when when you read that for someone who's in their 50s and, and actually has a great deal of accomplishments, including being a, a mum, but I just felt there was a few moments when I thought... Really, do you get to 50 and still think, oh my God, is he going to call? Is he going to text? You probably... I, I don't think you do. No, I don't, I don't think... know. I don't know. You might. I don't, based, on, based on the women that I know of that age range, they have a lot more self-confidence the older they get in life. And I think it's the big lie that sort of that they've got more to fear when you get older as a woman. I mean, the main thing that I thought from the film was sort of having worked in publishing for all these years, was how could she afford to live in the beautiful Richard Curtis style flat with the, the, the snow and the whole lifestyle? that went with it but she is so much a part of the cultural fabric I think it was announced that Mark Darcy is dead on the national news after the Syrian crisis or before the Syrian crisis I mean it, it, it is that much mm. of, of a phenomenon I mean, one of the really interesting things that came out of the book club was that um, this is a huge reveal I think was that it wasn't Helen Fielding who coined the term singleton oh, but, really? but in fact P.D. Woodhouse right? well there you go there's oh, one of time. those exclusive pieces of information that you only get on the Guardian <laughs> Books podcast thanks both for coming in Bridget Jones' Mad About the Boy is published by Jonathan Cape and the digested read digested is Bridget's Arrested Development Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, drag-and-drop tools, and 24-7 support. Squarespace also offers seamless e-commerce solutions for you or your small business. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look brilliant on any device. Start your free trial today, no credit card required. As a Guardian podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your new account by using the offer code GUARDIAN. For more great downloads, go to theguardian.com slash audio.